the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, June the 30th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On June 30, 1982, the proposed Equal Rights Amendment to the U.S. Constitution expired after seven years and then a three-year extension. It failed to receive the required number of ratifications for its adoption. That was the hallmark effort of Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Today in 1934, Adolf Hitler launched his blood purge of political and military rivals in Germany in what became known as the Night of Long Knives. Today in 1958, the U.S. Senate passed the Alaska Statehood Bill. Today in 1986, the Supreme Court ruled 5-4 to four that states could outlaw homosexual acts between consulting adults. However, the nation's highest court effectively reversed that decision in 2003. Today in 1994, the U.S. Figure Skating Association stripped Tanya Harding of the national championship and banned her for life for a role in the attack on rival Nancy Kerrigan. I mention that only because Tanya lived here in the Northwest. I think she lived both in Washington and Oregon. Um, she was in the news for a long time and was kind of a kind of a folk hero to some in the Northwest, as I recall. But that was quite the international story at the time. Today in 2013, 19 elite firefighters known as members of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, they were killed battling a fire northwest of Phoenix, um, Arizona. They, um, they got caught. The fire turned quickly and moved back as the winds changed, moved back on their position. It was a tragedy they left behind. Most of them were young, and they left behind uh, wives and families and kids and so on. Today in 2016, saying it was the right thing to do, Defense Secretary Ash Carter, he announced that transgender people could now be allowed to serve openly in the U.S. military. It's interesting how America, since our founding, always pinned our sort of the most important thing. If we were to carry a banner internationally, the banner that we would carry would be one that has to do with timeless values, Judeo-Christian values. Those were the values that our founders discussed, and they looked at it. How can we embed these uh, values, Judeo-Christian values, timeless values and principles into the founding of this new nation, this United States of America, this America as we have become known. Today, we apologize for holding those values, and we apologize when America, our leadership, apologizes when America doesn't march in lockstep to those who are trying to destroy the very values upon which this nation was founded. 
and has prospered more so than any nation in the history of the world. President Joe Biden, yesterday, or this morning actually, on foreign soil, he said that the Supreme Court's decision ending a constitutional right to abortion is destabilizing. He was chastising American law and the highest court in our land because we were not, they were not embracing abortion as a right found in the Constitution. But he went on to say that the ruling does not affect the U.S. standing on the world stage. In other words, I know we have blown it, and I know that we have kind of put aside abortion, but we still are the great America we've always been. No, we aren't. When we abandon those principles, we aren't the America we've always been. And he's apologizing on the opposite side of the obvious truth. Presidents throughout our history have never criticized America while traveling on foreign soil. Obama began that legacy, apologizing, taking his apology tour. Now his sidekick is doing the same thing. I just don't understand it. This country is good enough for them to live in, good enough for them to put their all on the line to be president of the United States, and yet they go off and criticize it in other countries. Boy, if somebody has an explanation for that, other than just pure cultural and moral insanity, I don't know what it is. I'll tell you, speaking to reporters at the conclusion of this five-day foreign trip to, they called it a huddle, with NATO allies. He's in Madrid this morning where he made these statements. The leaders of the Group of Seven, they advanced democratic economies. They met in the Bavarian Alps somewhere. But anyway, President Biden told the press, he said, quote, I'm quoting him, America is better positioned to lead the world than we have ever been. <laughs> Boy, I'll bet the press was laughing through their beard on that one. But anyway, he said, America is better positioned to lead the world than we have ever been. But one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of our Supreme Court of the United States in overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. He added, I can understand why the American people are frustrated because of what the Supreme Court did. President of the United States standing on foreign soil where people are leering at him and us wanting to take over America. Iran and other, China for sure. Boy, I don't know. And then Christians, millions of Christians voted for him, so-called evangelicals, and they voted for Hillary before him, saying, I just can't vote for Trump, he's immoral. I pray God will help us to open our eyes to reality. We need help. There's an attack already underway by people who would agree with President Biden. Pro-life pregnancy centers are under attack. NBC is leading the attack, today at least. 
they've been going in incognito into these um, pregnancy centers, crisis pregnancy centers, which not all of them, there are some that are not Christian-based, but most all of them are. And as I've said before, I believe in these places. I support, I've supported a number of them uh, here in the Northwest, particularly in the past. I've spoken at their events and one thing or another, their banquets and stuff. But uh, NBC is really going after them. And uh, they provide free services, counseling for women that are struggling. You know, they're pregnant. They don't know what to do and maybe don't have a, a biblical basis for their life and so on. So they can turn to them as opposed to the demonic Planned Parenthood. So when NBC News producers visited some CPCs in Texas, they started asking a lot of questions. You know, the, the people in the crisis pregnancy center didn't know who they were, of course, and they have a right to do that. I mean, we have our conservatives who do that as well with other with the Planned Parenthood. But they came in and and. Um, they found that uh, they found that they got some bad advice, and they're claiming these undercover NBC news producers. They're saying that the and they took this the answers. They were asking questions about abortion and so on. They took the answers to the American College of um, Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and um, the, the, they deemed that some of their answers were were wrong, were false, or were not medically sound, and so on and so forth. So anyway, NBC is starting now to take the lead on the attack of those that are pro-life and the crisis pregnancy centers. There will be other entities that I suppose they will take on. That's the world we live in. But the president on foreign soil apologizing to the world that we're no longer going to kill unrestricted, kill unwanted, unborn children in America. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 10, Solomon wrote, Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place, were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity. I would like to read that more of that chapter, but I don't have time. But that verse has to do with the wheels of justice. It has to do with, is justice ever served? Solomon was very reflective in his writing, as you know, and, you know, vanity, vanity, all is vanity, and so on. But what he's talking about here is that it seems like the ungodly flourish sometimes and they're never punished for their wrongdoing. I would suspect if you and I were sitting at your kitchen table having a cup of coffee, I wish we were. I'd love to be drinking coffee, but I'd rather be talking to you if I can only do one and I can only do one because if I drink coffee, we'll have dead air. Nobody will be talking on this microphone. But if we were sitting in your kitchen just having a cup of coffee and we were talking about this, I'm sure you would, if I ask you, have you ever thought, why why do these people go without consequences? Anybody, I mean somebody, whomever, somebody that has done you wrong or someone else. Not that we hate in our hearts, not that we just want vengeance, 
We know that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But have you ever thought, of course you have. And that's what Solomon was contemplating, was this whole idea of justice and injustice and unjust actions. That was the King James Version that I read from. But let me read from the New Living Translation, which is more of a paraphrase. And if you listen regularly, you know I I don't use other translations a lot. I usually just use the King James Version. I know some of you think that's the only version. I I prefer it uh, for two reasons. One, I've memorized a lot of verses in the King James Version. And by all accounts, I mean, all the biblical scholars I've known, and I've, I've known quite a few of them over my lifetime, that were recognized as biblical scholars, leaders among leaders. And they all have said over the years that the King James Version, you know, it has some funny words in it, but they say it's pretty close to, about as close as you can get to the original languages. So the New Living Translation, as I said, is more of a paraphrase. But it says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 10. I have seen wicked people buried with honor, yet they were the very ones who frequented the temple and are now praised in the same city where they committed their crimes. This, too, is meaningless. I think that puts a little bit of light on what we read earlier from the King James Version. Yesterday, the Federalist published this, quote, In 2018, while Hunter Biden was reportedly under investigation for his dealings with Chinese businessmen, Joe Biden left a voicemail message telling Hunter, quote, I think you're clear. This latest development in the Biden family pay-to-play scandal provides further proof of a special counsel that's needed to oversee the ongoing criminal probe. I'm quoting the Federalist yesterday. We've all heard the proverb, the wheels of justice turn slowly, but grind exceedingly fine. That's referring to an ancient Greek proverb, the Greek biographer and statesman, Plutarch. He paraphrased it in frustration. He, too, was experiencing what Solomon was experiencing, what you and I experience. Why 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 isn't justice served? We have all these variations of justice now. We have, we have homosexual justice. We have transgender justice. We have whatever. We have black justice. We have white justice. No, we don't have white justice. We have brown justice. We have all these justices. We want justice. We want abortion justice. We want whatever. I would suggest there's only one justice, and that's God's justice. It's either justice or it isn't just. And all these variations are just tools to use to advance an agenda. But nonetheless, I digress. Solomon expect, expressed those same frustrations 3,000 years ago. I think there's a good part of America that's wondering if the Biden family syndicate will ever be held accountable. I don't know the answer to that. I hope they are. But the Federalist is calling for a formal investigation into Biden's family business dealings. It's messy, to say the least. And it certainly appears corrupt. Even I can see that. The Daily Mail broke a story on Monday of this week. A voicemail recovered from a backup of Hunter, Hunter's iPhone XS stored on his abandoned MacBook laptop captured Joe Biden leaving this message for Hunter on December the 12th, 2018. Here's the full message. 
Hi, pal. It's Dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you get a chance, just give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk to you. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the New York Times, was good. I think you're clear. And anyway, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. That's from Joe to Hunter, his son. This was during the time when Hunter was supposedly under investigation. CNN was writing, quote, After going quiet in the months before the election, federal authorities are now actively investigating the business dealings of Hunter Biden. A person with knowledge of the probe said his father, President-elect Joe Biden, is not implicated. CNN, quoting someone with knowledge, of course. Now the election is over, CNN said. The investigation is entering a new phase. Federal prosecutors in Delaware, working with the IRS Criminal Investigation Agency and the FBI, are taking overt steps, such as issuing subpoenas, seeking interviews, and persons with knowledge. Activity in the investigation, CNN said, has gone covert in recent months due to Justice Department guidelines prohibiting overt actions that could affect an election. The wheels of justice continue to turn, but very slowly. The discovery of Joe's voicemail on his hunters to his son Hunter assuring him that the New York Times story is covering him hardly sounds like somebody, as CNN said, that is not implicated. I think we all know from what we've heard and seen from this laptop and from all the other evidence that's out there, I think we pretty much know that Joe knows what's going on. When he sat in the Ukraine as vice president and told the Ukrainian authorities if they don't fire this guy that's looking into the Burisma corruption of which Hunter was sitting on the board getting fifty to $80,000 a month, I think we kind of know that Joe knows. We see the pictures with him out, out playing golf with Hunter and these guys that he doesn't know and never heard of. I mean, you know, how, how uninformed do they think we, we are? I don't know. But anyway, the... Um, the time story that Joe Biden is referring to, it was reporting a lot of stuff. I'll just touch on a couple of things. The dealings of the two corrupt Chinese businessmen, Yi Jianming, I think it's, and Patrick Ho, both of whom had connections to the Biden family through this China Energy Company, CEFC. The Times said Yi acquired CEFC in 2006. Yi was a billionaire, I think. According to the Times article, with the businesses focused on securing the rights to overseas oil field, fields in strife-torn places like Chad, South, South Sudan, and Iraq. From 2009 to 2017, CEFC's revenues jumped from $48 million to $37 billion, the New York Times says. They note that Yi's first outreach to the Biden family came in 2015. Washington Post reporting the same stories. The Federalist says early in 2017, Hunter executed a consulting agreement with CEFC. It provided him a retainer of $500,000 and a monthly stipend of $100,000 to Hunter from this communist 
Chinese uh, um, energy company. Hunter's uncle, Joe's brother, James Biden, he got $65,000 a month. This is according to the Washington Post, and they're all in with this president. The Chinese energy conglomerate and its executives paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle, in addition to the half a, half a million dollars and this 100000 a month and 65000 to James Biden. Then in November of 2017, Ho, the CEFC vice chairman and secretary general, he transferred to one of Hunter Biden's entities another million dollars. He said it was for representation. However, Hunter didn't never represented him. He was under investigation. There's more in the Federalist story. There's a lot there, in fact, and it's linked in the story that I published today or my article. But the Federalist concludes with this. A related question concerns the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act wiretapping of Ho. According to the Daily Mail article that broke the news of Joe Biden's, I'm quoting the Federalist, of Joe Biden's voicemail message, the outlet had obtained a copy of a FISA surveillance order that revealed that federal agents were monitoring Ho as a potential spy for China. The surveillance likely continued at a minimum until Ho's arrest in late 2017, meaning the FISA surveillance likely swept up some communications with or about Hunter Biden. Even if not, the evidence continues to mount against the Biden family, leaving two fundamental questions. One, what is taking a Delaware U.S. attorney so long? <laughs> and why hasn't a special counsel been appointed yet? Will the Biden family ever face any consequences for this? Will there be any justice, or are we just like the dark corners of the earth, the third world countries? I don't know the answer to that. I know what I hope. I know what should be, should happen. But let me talk to you for a few minutes about justice. C.S. Lewis said, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But just how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? What C.S. Lewis was comparing universe with was God. The words just and unjust carry meaning only if God himself exists. When we drift out of this sphere of honestly believing there is a God in heaven who is the God of all things, the creator of all things, I'm not judging Joe Biden's heart. I don't know what he believes. I know what he says. But I am saying, I'm looking at all that's happening in our world today, in our culture, in the White House, in the leadership of this country, President and Vice President and Speaker of the House. Maybe Solomon was talking a little bit about them. They're coming and going from the houses of worship, and yet they are going out and defying the very person they claim to be worshiping in those temples as they publicly go in and out, referring to themselves as devout. It's time we get a real clear look at where we are in America. And the further we move away from God, the more confused and screwed up we're going to get. And that's what's happening today. C.S. Lewis was comparing the universe with God. 
In our secularized culture, just and unjust have become blurred by humanism and godlessness. We've moved God aside. We've been yelling at people, yelling at a coach because he kneeled and prayed on so-called public lands. Joe Kennedy, the Supreme Court, got that straightened out. But they, too, should be held accountable. They should be. I certainly hope they are. But what about the Clintons and what about others that have been entrusted with the vote of the people? They, too, should be accountable for breaking the trust of the citizens. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he's my all-time favorite poem, and I kind of like poems. If you've listened to this program, I read them from time to time. But he came across, Henry Longfellow, a big supporter of Abraham Lincoln, by the way, and abolition and so on, and he loved the Lord. He was brilliant. That's why I like him. But anyway, he came across this German poem that picks up on what the ancient Greek proverb about the millstones of the gods, but unlike Plutarch, this poem had a much more positive message. Longfellow translated it into English and then published it. He called it Retribution. Here's a part of that poem. Though the mills of God grind slowly, this capital G, this is the real God, the God of the Bible, Almighty God, who was and is and forever shall be. Though the mills of God grind slowly, yet they grind exceedingly small. Though with patience he stands waiting, with exactness grinds he all. The Bible that we know to be inspired and fallible word of God speaks of the final judgment. It also speaks of grace. And I think as I watch this horrible corruption going on in the highest levels of our country, and this is not a political statement. No, I didn't vote for Joe Biden, nor would I. But this is not a political statement. This is a moral, a Christian, a spiritual, from the bottom of my heart. Why do we stand for this in this nation? There is no perfect candidate. There is no perfect president. But good grief, we could do better than this. Couldn't we? Whether or not people in this life get what they deserve, hopefully they will in this and other cases, the wheels of man's justice does grind slowly and sometimes those wheels fall off. And sometimes man's justice, our best attempts, fail. Ultimately, it is written, it's appointed unto man once to die and after death the final judgment. And it all comes down not to what Joe, how much money Joe Biden is making from Chinese, and we should care, and we should hold him accountable. But there is a greater picture, a greater stage than the one we're looking at today, and that is the stage of Almighty God. We may brush him aside and say, nope, we don't believe in your life. We're going to kill our unwanted, unborn babies. Nope, we're going to pervert ourselves and we're going to live outside of your design of human sexuality. We're going to do all these things. But ultimately, God will not be brushed aside. He will not be pushed pushed to the perimeters of the margin of life because he is the giver of life. God is in control of all things all the time. And ultimately... Each of us will stand, quote-unquote, naked before God and give an account of ourselves. And that's why I'm so thankful for God's grace. He forgives us of our sins as we accept Jesus Christ 
his only begotten son as our Savior and Lord. Hey, thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.